Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Upside Swings Draft Podcast, the podcast with the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined, as always, by the wonderful Stone Hansen and the great Ryan Davis. How are you guys doing? Uh, good. I'm excited to talk about these guys we have today and uh, looking forward to watching the Hall of Fame induction t- later today as well. Yeah, same. I'm excited to get be back on a podcast after missing the last one, unfortunately, but I'm excited to be on this one. Yeah, uh, I'm sadly missing the Hall of Fame induction, but uh, for a good reason, I'm getting vaccinated today. So uh, very exciting, uh, very ready to get it going. Um, but perhaps even more exciting uh, is the slate of guys we got today. Um, we have a few kind of polarizing guys uh, in draft Twitter and the mainstream. Uh, and it's just going to be, we have Zaire Williams, Jalen Johnson, Scotty Barnes, Corey Kisper, and Trey Murphy the third. Um, and these are guys with with varied skills. Uh, they all kind of fill that wing forward skill set. Uh, and I think we're just pretty excited to jump into it. So let's start with Zaire Williams, uh, 6'8, 6'9, uh, wing forward from Stanford, uh, famous for going to Sierra Canyon, was teammates with BJ Boston. Um, Stone, do you want to tell me what you think of Zaire? Uh yeah, so this is probably bad podcasting, but I actually don't really know what I think about Zaire at this point. <laughs> um, so uh, he's uh, obviously really young, right? Freshman, 19 years old. Uh, he's really smooth, um, a really smooth player, high level shooter, especially off of the dribble, which I don't think a lot of these, a lot of guys in this class are. Um, so that I think sort of helps boost his value uh, specifically in this class, I think for me. Um, he really uses his length well, uh, especially from a self-creation perspective. Uh, he uses his long um, arms and long legs to get uh, stride advantages on, on guys uh, to help better self-create for, um, for himself. He's a really good ball handler in terms of manipulation, I think. Uh, he's, he's good at sort of projecting uh, things one way, having the defenses fight and then going another uh, but we can get more into his handle because I, I do have some concerns in terms of like how high he dribbles and stuff like that. Um, he's a really fluid athlete, I think, uh, just really, um, like I said, uses his length well. And uh, we talk about functional athleticism, and I think that applies here to, to Zaire. Um, he's not super bursty, I think, off the dribble. Um, but like I said, be, because he's able to kind of get those long strides on guys, that sort of makes up for um, what what he loses in terms of boost uh, or uh, burst, excuse me. Um, so, I mean, overall, he's still a really young player. There's, there's a lot of flashes, I think, um, and like a variety of aspects to his game. Uh, but I think he's going to be a guy that's definitely going to be a project wherever he gets picked. Um, and it's really hard for me to project him because I'm not sure which of those skills that he flashes are actually going to develop into something substantial. Um, so with that said, I'll, I'll throw it over to Ryan and, and get your thoughts on him. Yeah. So Zaire is really interesting to me. Uh, he's kind of on the, on the, 
I kind of feel the same way. Like, I don't really know um, how I exactly feel about him. Um, he does have a lot of potential. Um, but there's just also, like, a lot to be worried about just because he didn't really translate to college uh, from high school all that well or um, as good as, you know, we all wanted him to. Uh, but he did have a lot going on. I believe he had, like, a few people pass away during his – his freshman season. So all that could have played a part as well, but um, he is very athletic and, and skilled. Uh, like Stone was saying, um, he's, he's a versatile player. Um, he does need to get, get some more strength um, to be able to guard bigger forwards. He is a little, a little skinny on the frame as of now. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's shown flat. He even showed flashes and, and potential at, um, at Stanford. It just wasn't probably as much as, we all wanted him to, um, but I like his his nice pull up jumper from the mid range. Um, three point shot could be a little bit more consistent, but uh, it's not. It I mean it it yeah it was twenty nine percent, so it is pretty bad. But um, his mechanics and his form aren't too bad, so I do believe he can he can get that three point percentage up a little bit. Uh, but yeah, is he's a development developmental project, and whichever team take some is definitely gonna need to stash them for a few years probably till and hopefully he pans out and reaches his potential yeah so an important thing to note with Zaire is that uh Stanford had a really weird season um they're a Bay Area team uh and and they had really tight COVID restrictions so it was tough for them to they were almost never in their home actual home floor so even their home games were away games. Uh, he had a, a really bulky knee brace on. Um, I heard he was in like a bike crash or something. So uh, he had, he had yeah. gotten hurt in some way and uh, that affected him. Um, but what I like from Zaire, I would say despite the 29% uh, from three, he's actually a pretty good shooter. A um, lot of pull-up equity. Uh, has really good mechanics. Uh, I think he'll hit spot ups at a really high rate. Uh, that's probably his biggest strength as a as a prospect. Um, really skinny and, and and that can really hurt his locomotion sometimes. Uh, so I, I you know I don't know about like any movement shooting, but as a pull up guy, he can if he can really leverage leverage that as a threat. Uh, he has that ability there. Um, but he's also like a really smart, really heady player. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because he went to Stanford. Uh, he, he has a good sense of, of where his teammates are running the pick and roll. Uh, he makes good decisions on defense. Uh, he's just really skinny. Again, that's like his biggest The thing we'll come back to a ton is he's so skinny. And that really affects his ability to really make a difference on defense. You know, you can be in the right place all you want. But if someone can just lower a shoulder into you and you fly 20 feet back, it, it doesn't make a difference. Um, so that kind of brings me to an interesting point. Uh, the guys that draft deeper, and this was a while ago, I want to say it was when they were doing a, a mock draft pod, but I don't know, for, or a big board pod, excuse me, but I don't know for sure. They were talking about Zaire, and they said that he could have more equity as, as sort of a big guard, um, kind of like how how uh, Chris Middleton started his career as more of like a really big two guard 
before he could transition into being a wing. Do you guys see that more from Zaire, or do you see him more purely as a as a wing forward prospect? Yeah, I, I think there's some sort of like combination in there. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, nowadays a lot of like the, the difference between like a shooting guard and a small forward is the line is so blurred in a lot of instances to where I'm not sure how huge of a difference that makes. Uh, I mean, I mean it does in some aspects, but um, in a broader sense, I think it's a little bit overblown. Um, but I, I do, as far as like his skill set, I do see him kind of more as like having guard skills at this point in time, um, being able to sort of, uh, he, he does have the ability to create for his teammates, but at this point, I think he's more of like a connecting piece in an offense, um, at least as a passer. Um, I'm not sure exactly like how much creation equity he has at this point in terms of creating for his teammates. Uh, but in, he's pretty solid at creating for himself. So maybe that translates and that's just something uh, that's sort of untapped at this point. Um, but I, I think I, I see him kind of like in a, a two slash three mold. Um, I, I think against uh, certain opponents, he's more of a guard, a bigger guard who can be that sort of connecting piece. Um, uh, and then another instance is sort of a forward who's more of, a three and D sort of archetype. Uh, but I think he's some kind of somewhere in between. Yeah, I think, so you mentioned connecting yeah. piece and that's something that's going to come up a lot with this draft past the top five or six guys. Um, it came up when we were with, talking with Chucking Darts. Um, he brought up that all the guys you were talking about were connecting pieces. And I think Zaire is a really interesting version of that because I think he has a lot of ISO potential. And that's something you don't see from a ton of, connecting pieces um if he can really develop as a as a pull-up score really turn that into a threat um i think he makes smart reads uh he can he can be a real maybe even above connecting piece type player uh because he just he has that scoring gravity that i think a lot of the connecting pieces we'll talk about in this draft aren't going to have just by nature of being a six eight and a really good pull-up shooter um, but that brings me to his biggest issue on offense. Uh, Stone, you mentioned the handle, and I would say that's a, a, a contributor to the, to the larger symptom of just generating almost no rim pressure. He, he's a really poor finisher. He struggles mm -hmm. to get downhill. Um, do you think this is something he can fix in his game, or do you think this is something inherent and, uh, and, he'll, and he'll never be any sort of rim pressure guy? Davis, what do you think? Um, I think, I mean, he has, like, the athletic ability, of course, to to finish at the rim. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't really think he's going to be like ever like a, like a point guard or, or, you know, anything like that. I, I do see him just as like a, a small forward or a shooting guard. Um, I think at, at Stanford, I believe, uh, Bryce Wills got hurt. There was like a few other injuries kind of made him run um, that point guard role uh, a little more or the point forward role a little more, which I don't think he was necessarily ready for yet. Um, and that's probably why he produced kind of a lot of turnovers. Um, but I do, I don't think he's going to be asked to play that role in the NBA. I do think he's just going to be that, that two or three, 
on whatever team he goes to. Um, so, yeah, I don't really think he's going to develop like it handles like that, but um, I don't I don't think he's going to need to really. Yeah, so f- for me, I think I noticed that too, like getting to the rim. Um, I-, I think getting to the rim, he's better at than uh, finishing at the rim per se. I mean, yeah. it's not great at getting to the rim as it is, but I think that's probably just a better skill he has than actually finishing once he does get to the rim. Um, his frame, like you mentioned, it's going to be brought up a lot with him. Uh, and I think that's also like just a big factor for him at this point in time. Uh, we, we talked about finishing with Chuck as well um, with Moses Moody. Uh, and I think that's something we kind of came back to as well. Just such a skinny frame at this point in time. Um, yeah. And I think with, with time, with the reps, that's something that, that can be adjusted uh, that is being frame. Um, but I'm not really sold either on him being like a high-level finisher at any point in his career. I think maybe he can become like an average finisher uh, at his peak. Um, he seems to not really have like – a lot of times I notice he doesn't really seem to have a plan once he gets into the lane. Like doesn't seem to have any premeditated moves or, or a plan once defense has come in uh, – and I think he gets caught a lot of times not knowing what to do or where to go uh, once he's sort of trapped in that. And I think that's something that sort of sort of shows a little bit of a, um, maybe a lack of feel, I guess you could say. Um, but it's weird because he shows so much feel in other areas of his game. Um, so maybe it is something that develops over time because, like you said, there's, he is a pretty smart and heady player. It's just... Uh, when going to the rim, I feel like uh, in a lot of instances, he seems to lack a sort of plan or a premeditated move that can get him any sort of advantage at the rim. Yeah, I think some of what that is, he's just, he's always been skinny. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, when he played AAU, it's even those guys at the highest levels of AAU still dominated him physically. And he's just, he's never really got to the rim and, and done anything well he's always relied on that pull up um you know even coming into this draft there were quite a few people who had him top five um i was always a little lower on it than that but they always talked about how he's just the best tough shot maker in the class um so it was always sort of how much do you value how much do you value him being able to make those shots uh how, how do you value that in a prospect um stanford was sort of a weird context uh because they didn't have a ton of rim pressure from anyone. Uh, they yeah. were they were a solid team, uh, but it was clear that with him sort of being in and out with injury, uh, he, he just struggled to get any sort of rhythm. Uh, but he is someone I, I still like long-term, I think. Um, just, you know, I'm a sucker for wings uh, in almost every sense of the word. Uh, his, his handle, what there is, he, he creates a good amount of space um, horizontally. He, he doesn't get, you know, he doesn't get downhill. He doesn't have great north-south skills, but but his, his, his east-west movement is pretty good, uh, though it is pretty high. And I think that's the one thing he'll really have to tighten up is he'll have to get it lower. Um, he'll have to really work on, on the sort of biomechanics of his body when he handles because he just kind of stands up straight at all times, even on defense. He's really stiff uh you got to get lower 
but I think I think he can do that over time. And uh, if, if he learns to leverage that shooting and that IQ, I think that's a valuable player. Yeah, that, that's the yeah. one thing. I think, I think he's a really deceptive ball handler, actually. Um, he seems to get a lot of uh, defenses to sort of bite with these in-and-out dribbles and uh, a little bit more of a simple ball handling package, but it's efficient enough to where he can be useful. Um, but like you mentioned, it, it, he just dribbles so high that I think a lot of times it sort of negates that, um, especially like in transition. If you're running with the ball right next to you, coming up to your hip every single time um, at the speed it does, I think it's sort of easy for uh, defenses to sort of pick your pocket, especially from behind or, or things like that. Um, <clears throat> but the one thing I wanted to ask you guys uh, was in, in terms of um, the defense, I actually really like him defensively. Uh, if he can put on the weight, obviously right now his yeah. his frame is really slim and that sort of uh, prevents him from defending any sort of like bigger uh, threes or fours at this point in time. But um, he, he seems to really like know how to use his length um, to bother opponents uh, sort and cover a lot of ground. I know when he got beat defensively in terms of like burst year guards, he's one of the best in the class. I noticed that kind of like recovering from that using his length to uh, either get pinned down box off the backboard or uh, close out on the perimeter. Um, so I just wanted to ask you guys his thoughts on that because I, I was pretty impressed defensively by him. Uh, obviously the frame limits. Him though. Yeah. I, uh, I really like him defensively when you're six, eight and smart and, and you have long arms, it, uh, it really makes a difference. He, he, he sees passing lanes. Well, he makes good rotations at the nail. Uh, I think long term, if he does put on the weight, he could be one of the better help defenders in the league. He reminds me a bit of uh, I didn't see Jason Tatum do this in college at all, but sort of what Jason Tatum does now, where he's just always making the right decision, always moving, always helping, tags the roller really well, just does everything you could want from a wing defender. Other than he can kind of get bullied, and at the rim, he doesn't he doesn't make a ton of difference, but that, that leads me to another question about him. And, Davis, you can answer the defense one with this as well if you want. But do you guys see him being able to put on weight? Um, I'm not an expert in that, but do you see his body as one that can put on weight and, and really carry and help him become the best defender he could be? Uh, yeah, I actually was going to mention that. Um, yeah, uh, I will answer the defense. His, his defense is really intriguing. He's got pretty good quickness. Um, he, re he recovers nice when he does get beat, uh, switches on screens, rotates. Um, but, yeah, his frame obviously is what you worry about right now. Um, I do worry a little bit that it is kind of that frame that even if he puts on weight, he's going to look skinny. Um, but I do think he can still benefit quite a bit from from uh gaining some muscle or putting on some putting on some weight but i do think he's gonna look skinny probably throughout his career uh yeah um and then my last point i don't know if you guys have other points we can we can still keep going on about him uh but my personal last point on him uh, i had in my notes was uh, i do buy the shot long term uh, but the one concern i had was uh, I noticed that his 
shot it's not like super slow release it's like you know it's okay uh but when he when he gets closed out and he tries to speed it up it becomes pretty inaccurate um seems to rut when he rushes his shots like they miss by a lot and he seems to uh, be pretty bothered by shot contests and closeouts um so I, I don't know if that was just me or if that was something you guys noticed as well uh but that that was sort of my only concern with him as a um as a shooter moving forward yeah, I noticed that a little bit, and I think that's something that that can kind of be repped out a little bit. Uh, I, I just think he's he got a little bit in his own head. He's used to being a much better shooter than he was this past year, and and I also wonder if there was some hesitation with uh, with some worry about contact as well with with his knee being injured and and uh, stuff like that. If he if he was worried about taking any sort of contact. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have any other notes on Zaire, or uh, were you ready to move on to our next guy? I'm good. I think I'm. I'm really excited to talk about this next guy. If you are Davis. All right. So yeah, the next guy we got is Jalen Johnson from Duke. Uh, very intriguing, big, uh, with with good skills, um, and just a lot to talk about with him. So um, let's let's start with with, with Bryce on that one. Yeah, so Jalen Johnson was someone I was super high on coming into the year. Uh, really bought the athleticism and the passing and everything he offered. Uh, you know, the shooting was always a question, but I kind of thought, well, does it really matter if he's good enough, if he's good enough at all these other things? Um, and then he got to Duke, and from as early as his second game, I really started to see holes that I just didn't see in high school. Um, and I don't know if that was me just not watching enough or not digging in enough, but uh, I definitely think I, I really overestimated him as an athlete, uh, really overestimated him as a decision maker on both ends as well. Uh, so so he really dropped on my board. Uh, is kind of famous for the uh, leaving Duke halfway through the season. Uh, that's not something I really uh, factor into my evaluation at all. Um, because I don't know the story there. And uh, more specifically, I wouldn't want to play for Coach K for very long either. So, uh, <laughs> um, no, but uh, in all seriousness, I, uh, I I don't know enough to comment on that. But he has a lot of really interesting flashes and talent, but then he also has a lot of drawbacks. And uh, he, he's a really interesting guy to try and value on my board. Um Stone, what do you think of Jalen? <clears throat> yeah, um, so sort of writing on the coattails of uh, my Zaire take, I'm not really sure what to, to make of Jalen Johnson <laughs> at this point. Uh, these, these are, to put them both on the same podcast is sort of annoying for me just because, uh, it, <laughs> and now it makes me look bad <laughs> because I, don't, I have no idea what to do with both of these guys. <laughs> but I'll try and break down his game a little bit. Uh, Obviously, you mentioned the athleticism. Um, I think coming into the season, that was a big selling point for him. Um, but his use of it, like functionally, just wasn't really there. Um, he didn't really pop in a lot of instances. And I think um, he, he just didn't really know how to use his athleticism. Maybe that was just sort of um, something that Duke didn't, didn't know how to utilize uh, or, or showcase. Um, I'm not really sure either on the whole friction between Duke and 
Coach K mm-hmm. and Jalen Johnson either. So I don't feel comfortable commenting on that. Um, <clears throat> but I'm not sure how much of his issues this year stemmed from just a, a poor fit and a poor situation um, and how much of it is on him. <clears throat> um, I'm not I'm not sure where sort of on the spectrum that lies, uh, but he is at fault for, for some things. Um, I think he decision-making, like you said, just sort of a lack of feel. Um, it was evident in some mm-hmm. parts in terms of his shot selection, but I think uh, as a passer, he, he sort of did stand out to me as a passer, um, specifically as like an entry passer and, and high post passer. Uh, there, when there's cutters or rollers going down to the rim <clears throat> or guys just posting up, he's really good for his size at um, being able to make those entry passes or, um, or, or little pocket passes down low. Uh, from the high post or from even the top of the arc. Um, so that was impressive to me. Um, the shooting, the, the jury's sort of still out for me in terms of the shooting. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure where I fall on it, honestly. Um, he has some poor indicators in terms of like the free throw shooting. I think it was only at like uh, 63%. Um, but then on low volume, really low volume, uh, on three-point attempts, he shot 44%. Um, also showed, uh, in some instances, like a lack of feel on floaters and, and touch uh, and runners. But then in other instances, um, some great feel with floaters and, and runners. Um, so I'm, I'm still sort of uh, questioning where, where I fall in terms of his shooting projection. Um it is sort of a weird shot uh, from long range. Um, it's a two motion shot in particular. It, he, it's all fluid all the way up until it gets to his wrist. And then when it gets to his wrist, he has like this weird, maybe like second or two second hesitation. And then he flicks the wrist at the end. And it's, it, it makes it a sort of a weird hitch in his shot to where uh, I, I think that's something that will have to be adjusted at the next level. Um, I think uh, I'm, I'm not sure either in terms of like creating space. How, I'm not sure how he does it because if he can't do it with his athleticism, I'm not really sure where that comes from. Um, so he's probably more of like an off ball guy rather than an isolation guy. Um, and I'm not either like, <laughs> it sounds really bad. Like I'm just all negatives on him, but um, I'm not really sure if he can't, create for himself in isolation if he's like a a smart enough or good enough cutter to be able to be sort of that um that guy off ball um but in like transition um he was a beast whether it be uh, Mm -hmm. running the play in transition or being the cutter in transition um he's really going to excel in sort of that fast-paced environment um but when it gets to the half court he likes to slow it down a lot more uh, even in transition, he does slow it down a little more, but it's still efficient because he's finding the, the right reads and the right plays to make. Um, so, yeah, I, I've rambled on and on about him. So uh, what are your thoughts on him, Davis? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. There's a lot to like, um, a lot to worry about as well. Um, I do think maybe the, the freshman year at Duke, I know he didn't play his senior year in high school due to like transfer violations and a a few other things, I think, but 
Um, so he hasn't really played a full season since like his junior year. Um, so I just think he honestly just needs to play more basketball um, to really develop and pan out. Uh, but yeah, he, he's, he's an intriguing guy. He's a six, eight or six, nine, I believe. Um, really, really big frame has, has point guard skills or not, maybe not point guard skills, but has guard like, uh, skills. Um, I see him, he's, he's very versatile on, on defense. Uh, I'm not sure he's, he's the defender you want him to be like right now think he can be a little better but I think he will get better um, and be able to guard smaller players he's already does a, a pretty good job on, on bigger guys because he's his frame so big and um, he's, he's really athletic but there's there's a lot to like a lot to worry about um, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about him I do still have him in uh, in my top 14 so I do still have him in my lottery um just just based off the athleticism and um the the transition iq and all, all the all the good stuff he has I, I really do like um more than more than the stuff to worry about so that's why i have him in the lottery still but i, I can see why he, he he'll fall out of people's lottery i kind of agree with you um except on the final part and that's what's so funny about Jalen Johnson is I feel like he's one of the guys in this draft where a lot of people can have the same evaluation, but have him completely different spots. Um, right now I have him kind of in the second round, uh, which isn't all, which isn't like all a knock on him. A lot of that is just, there's a lot of guys in this draft who I really like and I struggle to make uh, like rankings with him in the first round. Um, but there, there is a lot to like with Jalen Johnson Um when he gets ahead of steam, he is a really good athlete. Uh, in, in transition, he really shows that. Uh, he gets off. He gets up really powerfully off one foot. Covers a lot of ground really fast. Um, his issue comes more when he doesn't have a run up. Uh, he has pretty bad burst, I would say, and he and he doesn't really have a good handle to compensate for that. Um, I kind of thought he would be point forward as well coming into the year. Uh, and, and I just don't see that anymore at all. Uh, still has, still has good passing feel. I think, you know, some people point to, he has an even assist turnover ratio, 2.2 to 2.2. Uh, but that doesn't really bother me. Uh, cause all, the turnovers weren't all like horrible, bad decisions. They were kind of him testing the limits of what he could get away with sometimes. And I'm fine with that. Uh, especially a place like Duke is a hard place to get away with that. So I'm fine with him trying those out. Uh, it just it just didn't always work out for him. Uh, but he really struggles to create any space in the half court. And it makes me think that his optimal role is going to be a sort of like a, like a role man type five uh, or four, excuse me, uh, next, to a, next to a five with some space. Um, but to be that and to have a team really invest in you is really hard. Um, you know, only the top guys can really get away with that. So I, I think a lot will come down to his shooting. Um, and I'll, and I'll throw it to you guys in a second for his shooting, but, uh, just, just for my part, I'll say that, that I, I don't really buy it, uh, much at all. 
maybe at a very low level it'll work out long term but 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 for me it's not it's not a shot I really I really buy what do you think Stone? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I touched on it a little bit earlier, um, in terms of like the indicators or indicators are just sort of like blurry at this point in time, I think, um, it's tougher to, I mean, it's tough to evaluate, especially, uh, this season because it's, um, it was such kind of like a, a funky fit for him and, um, you know, all the other factors and, uh, he only played half a season, so it's a lot less, um, uh, volume to sort of judge on um but the the free throw percentage is obviously uh way below subpar um at 63 percent um the the three-point percentage it's super low volume uh, i think it was only something like 1.4 attempts a game or something uh might have been lower than that actually um i don't have the number right in front of me i should um but but he, yeah, he shot at a high, high percentage, a high clip at that point. But it's it's such a low volume that it's really tough to kind of base that on. Um, I think, like mechanically, like I said, um, you're kind of more of the shot doctor, I think, of the group. But um, there's not a whole lot wrong with it up until when it gets to his wrist. I think when he gets to the wrist, it's sort of a weird, like second, second and a half hesitation to where. It's, the ball sort of just like sticks in his hands and then he he flicks the wrist uh so it's you know, sort of a weird motion for me um so yeah I, i'm not really sure where i stand with the shooting at this point yeah so for me um to talk about the mechanics a little bit uh the lower body's fine he he, he has fine uh fine energy transfer it's a pretty it's a pretty steady two motion shot um which you're fine with for a guy his height, uh, who's never gonna be like some crazy pull-up guy. You're fine with a two-motion shot, uh, but he does. He his, his arms are really weird, um, like all of it. You mentioned the wrist, but I would say his elbows and his shoulders as well. Uh, he doesn't like he also kind of scrunch his shoulders and kind of get the elbow out, and that's why the ball mm-hmm. sticks because he's trying to draw it back, and it just doesn't really work for him. Um, and I just think there's a lot to fix there. And lots of times with guys, it's easier to fix lower body issues. You know, it's when someone has some lower body issues, you can kind of teach them different steps into the shot. Maybe, you know, a hop is going to help you generate more power. So you're not trying to go so wide. Um, but sometimes that upper body stuff is just difficult. And for someone like Jalen Johnson, who who I worry a lot of his – his his evaluation is going to come down to that shot. I just think there's a there's a lot to fix there, and and I just don't know if I buy it. Uh, if you want any any example of the inconsistency, just watch him shoot free throws. Um, it never ever looks the same. Uh, he shot sixty three percent from the line this year, which isn't like the worst percentage in the world, but uh, he he never looks comfortable with the line. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I really, really worry about the shot. Um, and if he can't use that in the half court, I just don't see a positive half court player there. Um, and if you're not a positive half court player, that tends to mean you have to really excel on defense. So uh, I'll throw it to Davis for this one. Davis, what do you think of Jalen Johnson defensively? Um, def- defensively, I 
really like him. I think there's a lot to like defensively. He's obviously really versatile. Um, he has a lot of strength. Um, he's athletic. Uh, so, I mean, you'd hope he get to the point where he can, he can guard almost every position. I don't, I don't think he'll be able to guard, um, you know, like really fast or, or small ones. Um, but I do think uh, he'll be able to at least do twos and twos up uh, all the way through five. Um, but yeah, he's, he's pretty good rim protector. Um, he's got solid quickness for, for his size. Um, but yeah, I, I do see him as a, as a versatile defender. Um, and I actually like his, his defensive upside, I think a little bit more than, than offensively. Um, just, just because of what we were actually just talking about the shooting and the shooting mechanics kind of poor. Uh, but yeah, so I, I like his defensive upside a little bit more and I do think he's going to be a, a pretty, pretty good defender at the next level. Uh, yeah, defensively, I am, I'm sort of with you. I think I, I like his defense more than I like his offense. Um, I think, uh, he developed into a really good shot blocker. Um, throughout the season, he became really good at timing blocks and knowing when to jump. Um, so I, I think he can be sort of a semi-rim protector at times. Um, out on the perimeter, I think he's uh, he showed flashes of a lot of like good footwork in terms of mirroring guys on the perimeter. Um, so I, I'm fairly high on his, his defense, uh, and I like his versatility there just because of that frame. Uh, like we, we keep uh, going on about, he's got such a solid frame that I think he can be a guy that um, maybe not struggles against first year, like, like one guards, uh, but can maybe guard like two through five uh, down the line. Um, <clears throat> he, he's versatile enough, I think, to, he's able to sort of handle that role. Um, so I'm, I'm fairly high on his defense. Yeah, I think I buy the defense a little bit. Uh, you mentioned the rim protection. I would say that's his strongest skill moving forward. Um, he, he has a good sense for sort of help side rim protection duties. Uh, I, I think he can be really good in that. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson defensively where he's not like the best at any one thing, but he's so solid at so many things. Um, he's versatile. He makes good decisions on that end for the most part. Um, that that it's hard for me to not buy him long term uh, as as a good defender. Um, I don't I don't necessarily see him guarding ones or even most twos, but I I think he's a guy you could throw on to the best threes, fours, and fives in the league. Well, not maybe not the best fives, but the best threes and fours in the league, and uh, he'll hold his own at least a little bit. So I would say that's his. His greatest strength as a player, um, on top of his his transition play, it's all just going to be about for him. It's all going to be very context dependent because he has to be in a context that that can maximize his uh, what he can do in the half court. Because there there's a very solid chance that kind of just like Rondé Hollis Jefferson, he's such a he's such a nothing in the half court offense that it'll just never, it'll never really make him a worthwhile player. Um, that's obviously not what you're hoping for, but, but that's something that's really going to have to be developed uh, and he's going to have to land in a good situation, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think offensively, um, 
if he can develop into like being a really smart and good cutter, I think that opens up a lot for him. Um, he's a really good, he's, he's really good at in, for in the air for his size. Um, he, he's got really good coordination and, and hang time and ability to sort of adjust in the air uh, to defenses at the rim um, to where I think uh, I, do, I, I actually really buy his finishing long-term. Um, it's just a matter of like sort of being setting himself up in situations to where he can uh, effectively get to the rim. Um, and I think his, his probably apart from the finishing his strength, his biggest strength offensively is just the passing. Um, I, I really buy him as a passer uh maybe not quite off movement as much um but as a stationary passer especially I, I really like his game i like how he sees the floor um he never really seems to rush a whole lot um he processes the game very well and sees uh makes those smart reads can pass out of double teams um sort of sees where the defenses are shifting and adjust to that um so i, I do like that about him um but like we said, there's so many sort of like ups and downs with his game uh, to where for me, at least, it's really hard to project sort of where I see him moving forward um, with the amount of tools that he has. Like there's a lot, I think, of avenues to where he's he's a decent enough player that it's able to keep him on the floor. Um, but I'm not really sure sort of what he looks like uh if everything he has comes together, like what does that player look like? I, I struggle to see. Yeah, I think that's the hardest thing with mm-hmm. evaluating uh, with evaluating Johnson is it's just he's sort of this this what is he question, which which sometimes for some players can be a good thing, um, but I don't know if it is for Jalen Johnson. Uh, I just I have a lot of questions about how he works offensively. Um, I, I'm with you. Like he has a lot of those little micro skills too. Uh, his 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 ability to control himself in the air is really impressive, and it shows itself a lot on defense too. I mentioned that help side responsibility. He's really good at sort of contorting with the with the person trying to finish and contesting the shot all the way through, making it really difficult on them. Um, and, and those are things that you know if, if he gets in the right system. Jalen Johnson will be a very good player. It's just a question of, you know, in what percentage is the system not good enough? Is he not gonna? Is he not gonna provide any value? Um, and that that's the interesting thing with Jalen Johnson. Uh, do we have anything else on him? I think that was about it for me. Yeah, I think think we think we hit it all. All right, let's. Uh, Let's move on to Scotty Barnes. Um, Scotty Barnes, the the FSU forward, but uh, was called a guard throughout the season, was was sort of tasked with playing some point guard for them. Uh, really, really interesting player. Uh, went to Montverde with uh, Cade Cunningham and Moses Moody, and 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 a ton of other guys. Dayron Sharp as well. Just a stacked Montverde team. Uh, really interesting defensive and offensive prospect. Uh, Davis, what do you see from Scotty Barnes? Um, he's just a six-nine point forward, and kind of, kind of one of those players that uh, doesn't really have a position. He just, you can kind of play him wherever, maybe other than the five, um, and he'll 
he'll be able to play it and he'll he'll do a good job at that at that position. But um, so he's, yeah, he's got he's got he's got the size to defend in the paint and uh, the vision to the vision and handling to run an offense. He did spend most of his time at Florida State as a point guard, but um, which which allowed him to show his ability to find his teammates and and once again his vision and just overall feel for the game. But um, he's basically like a six nine point guard that can probably guard every position um at the next level maybe not the dominant fives um but i feel def I, f- I feel confident one through four he'll be able to he'll be able to guard at a high level um he also makes a lot of hustle plays i notice he he dives for a lot of uh loose balls uh out of bounce saves uh just puts his body on the line he's really good in transition um but yeah he's He's just I think defensively you probably probably like a little more is probably where his upside is. Um he has really good for footwork on the perimeter and uh lateral quickness, but um he does need to get a better three point shot. It is pretty inconsistent at the moment. That's his biggest knock at the uh right now. And his free throw percentage is it's pretty inconsistent too. But um he doesn't have bad mechanics, so I do buy the shot. Uh, to get better. Um, but overall, yeah, I, li- I like Scotty Barnes a lot. He's in my top eight right now, um, but I might move him up some more. So, Yeah, uh, for me, Scotty Barnes was someone I was really high on in high school. I think uh, for most of the last year, I had him like top five uh, <clears throat> headed into this year. And um, this year, initially watching him throughout the season, I was sort of unimpressed. Um, but going back and watching more films since, I've really started to come on to him uh, really strongly. I uh, moved him all the way up from like 18th on my board all the way up to like seven at this point. Um, I think uh, with him, as weird of a player as he is, I, I feel like I sort of do know what his role is going to be in the NBA. Um, he sort It's almost like he's a Ben Simmons, just like worse at everything that Ben Simmons is. Um, and that's not to say that he's he's bad at any of those things because he's actually really good. Um, I think Ben Simmons is just sort of like elite in a lot of areas, uh, such as like a passer and a, and a, a defender. Um, but those are also strong suits, I think, where um, Scotty Barnes will excel. Um, I think uh, I'm, I'm not – how do you guys view him as like – an initiator like DC for me personally, I see him more of like a connecting piece um, sort of maybe more yeah. like that, that Halliburton role um, playing a little bit off ball, but being able to find uh, smart passes and cutters. Um, but like, I don't really see him as like a primary initiator to where he's able to get um, drive and probe into the paint and sort of like find teammates like, uh, like a Ben Simmons is at this point. Um, how, how do you guys view that? Yeah, I would agree. I don't. Uh, I don't see a ton of of primary initiator there much at all. Um, that's not. You know, that's not the worst thing in the world. I don't think that's ever going to be his role. He's just not a. Uh, he, he's just not an advantage creator in really any way, other than with his size. Um, his handles functional, but it doesn't. It's not super deceptive. It doesn't allow him to 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 get to the rim. And he's not a good enough shooter, and he'll probably never be a good enough pull-up shooter to, to really 
take advantage of all that as well. Um, so I, I'm with you where I think he's more of a connecting piece, uh, specifically like a, uh, you know, you mentioned Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is a good comp. Uh, one that's thrown around a lot and is and it's hard to really define, but Draymond Green, at least as a passer, makes a lot of sense for for what I see out of Scotty Barnes. Um, because he's Draymond Green is the best short roll passer maybe in NBA history. I mean, honestly. Uh, and I think that'll be Scotty's biggest strength is is an advantage when there's already been an advantage created. He's really good at taking advantage of that, uh, keeping the ball moving, fighting the open shooter. So that's how I see him, at least. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And just to be clear, I don't really see him like as – I don't view him as like a Ben Simmons-level prospect. Like, I was super high on Ben Simmons. Uh, so I just want to clarify, like, I don't think Scott Barnes is Ben Simmons. Um, <clears throat> but I think defensively, like you guys mentioned, defensively is his real selling point. Um and he has a frame to where he's he's already really strong, and I think he can get even stronger um, to where I think he's a guy that projects as being able to guard one through five, like like a really good defender at all positions. Um, and in large part, it's, that's thanks due to his strong frame, but also he has that massive seven-foot-two wingspan that helps him um, contest a lot of shots, cover a lot of ground, um, and play passing lanes. So I, I really buy him defensively. Um, offensively, uh, obviously the shooting is the question. And I, I put this out on Twitter too, um, where uh, like uh, as like draft evaluators, where do you th- draw the threshold um, where you t- sort of like ignore your um, traditional philosophies in, for a certain player? And for me, that player is Scotty Burns. Uh, I, I know I mentioned in the past, <clears throat> like in our philosophy podcast, where I sort of devalue like sharpshooting archetypes and, and guys who are like elite at shooting, uh, which we'll actually get to here in a minute with a couple of these other guys. Um, but, uh, and I generally tend to, I do value shooting as a whole though, like in a broader sense. Um, the comparison or the, sort of what I talked to you guys about off air was like, I think I value good shooting a lot, like bad to good shooting. I value good shooters a whole lot more than bad shooters, uh, but great shooters compared to good shooters, I don't really see, uh, not that I don't see, but I don't really uh, have as much of value, put as much value into that as many others may. Uh, but with Scotty Barnes, uh, I'm sort of just ignoring all the shooting flaws because I think he does so many other things well to where uh, I really struggle to see how he's not a positive player in the NBA. Um, but as far as the shooting goes specifically, I don't really buy him, uh, being a good shooter, like ever, um, maybe not even an average shooter, uh, just the mechanics. The only thing that like keeps me from saying it's broken or anything is the mechanics are really fluid. Um, there's nothing really wrong with how he releases or, or gets his shots, gets his shots up. Um, but like all the indicators just say that he's going to be a bad shooter like he has sort of no touch on floaters um the free throw percentage is bad the three-point percentage is bad like everything you look at to indicate whether or not a guy will develop into a shooter just not really there um but mechanically it's fluid enough to where it's not broken 
Um, but I, I am high on Scotty Barnes because of how he helps a team in so many other areas. Yeah, Scotty Barnes is a shooter. You know, you mentioned like what's the threshold where you stop using your general evaluating skills or, or beliefs, not skills, excuse me. Uh, Scotty Barnes is sort of that for me with the shooter because usually the thing I pay most attention to is is form, is sort of the fluid transfer of energy. Do I buy any sort of touch? Um, and with, with Scotty, you know, the jumper looks fine. It's a two-motion shot. Uh, it's really high above his head. It's never going to be like a mm-hmm. pull-up. He's never going to be a pull-up threat. But he looks like someone who should be able to hit spot-ups just fine um, and even against tough closeouts. But he just, he just can't. Uh, the free throw percentage is really bad, 62%. Um, and, and I just, I I'm with you where it's like, Scotty, it's just, it's tough for me to buy him as any type of shooter. And it makes me think that his best role at the next level might be as, as sort of like a backup four that closes games. Um, because I think his optimal role might be at the five, um, where he can switch, uh, the main area where he disappointed me this year was that I thought he was going to be like a Devin Fassell level help defense prospect. And he just wasn't. Um, and he really wasn't even close. Uh, and he's much more of sort of a switchable on ball defender. Uh, he kind of falls asleep off ball sometimes, which is something I really didn't expect. Um, but on ball, he is pretty elite. Stone mentioned the long arms. He's, he's excellent at getting those in people's handles. Uh, he stays in people's grill all the time. Uh, he, he makes, you know, he makes ball handlers scared. Uh, and, and he does make good rotations. He does when he's off the ball. It's just not to the elite level I expected. And I think he's, because of that, I think he's more of a five long-term, at, at least defensively. Um, because, it, like, what you want from a four like him is elite secondary rim protection and nail defense. And I don't know if that's him. I think he's much, he's going to be much more of a switch everything, you know, put him on the best offensive player on the, on the opposite team, sort of like a, like a slightly less good Usman Garuba, at least at that part of, of defense. Um, But that's just how I see it. What do you guys think of him as a help defender? Yeah, I think um, a, a lot of that sort of oddly enough is like attributed to he, he just seemed to like lack a consistent motor, um, which seemed to sort of like uncharacteristic headed into the season for him uh, and for like an FSU player. But he, he just seemed to like um, get sort of lazy at times and not really, you know, like conserve his energy, I guess you can say, but it, it seemed more just like a lack of effort on that end. Um, to where I think, you know, in the NBA, uh, that's not really going to fly. Uh, there's going to be consequences sort of for that. Um, and I think uh, it's, it's something that he, it's not that he's incapable of it. I think it's just a matter of him not trying this season um, in that specific area. I, I think in the NBA, it's something that, uh, well, it'll have to be tightened up or else uh, he, he'll face some sort of consequences in, in terms of like playing time or whatever. Um, and I think it's something that he's plenty capable of and can be impactful on. Uh, it's just something he seemed to, for whatever reason, not really care as much about this year. 
Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a oh, go ahead. I, I feel I feel the same way. Uh, I I think he was just focusing, practicing on uh, many other parts of his game um, to where he just didn't really focus on that that much. I do think he's capable, um, like like Stone said, but um, yeah, I just don't think he he really paid too much attention to it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, his on-ball usage was much higher this year at Florida State than it's going to be in the NBA, um, and that's that's a certain. So, so maybe he was just a little tired of that, and uh, you know, I, I can see that because um, in high school and especially AAU, he really was that sort of muck everything up. You know, don't come in his house. He'll 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 block your shot from behind. Every type of help defense thing you could ever want, he did. So, so, so maybe that's me reading too much into it. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, Scotty Barnes is sort of a, is, is sort of a, like Stone said, like he kind of has a role. Like you sort of know what he's going to do. He ha- He's a really good, really smart player, good passer, good defender, can really open up a lot for your team. Uh, just has that one very specific weakness, uh, which is the shooting. Lots of times uh, when, I, when I'm evaluating guys like that and they're not great shooters, um, I really like to look at athleticism to see if that can sort of compensate for it. Um, and I really didn't expect Scotty Barnes to be like a great athlete because he, he wasn't in high school, but he really looked more athletic to me at FSU this year. Did you guys see that? Did you guys think he looked a little more athletic? Uh, I don't I wouldn't say more athletic just because I coming into this year, I, I sort of saw him as a high level athlete. Um, so for me personally, I wouldn't say he popped any more than he had in the past. Yeah, he, he he's, um, I don't know if it, it's, I, I see what you mean, like more athletic. Uh, I think it might've just been that, that, um, that Montverde team was just so stacked. I don't know if it was really you were able to just watch his athleticism with all the other players and all the other talent going around. Uh, but yeah, he 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 is a very athletic, a very athletic player, um, and he he really showed it. He really showed it his freshman year. Yeah, he got up for 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 some really impressive putbacks that that I feel like I didn't see in high school and. And like I mentioned, that could have been me just not watching enough tape. But uh, I walked away really impressed. And, and it makes me think that he really can excel at the five um, at the next level, which I think is good. I think that's his his long-term path to being the best version of Scotty Barnes in the NBA, I think, is as a five, or at least in closing lineups as a five. Um, and if he can be some sort of a role threat as a finisher as well as a passer, that's that's really a help to that. So you guys got anything else to say on Scotty Barnes? Where did you, where did you have him? Right now, uh, right, right now I have him at 12. Um, and that's, that's, you know, that's not really a, that might seem low to some, uh, him and Franz are really close. Uh, maybe even Rocco too. 10, 11, 12 are, are Rocco Franz and Scotty. And those are all super close. So it could really go any way for me with those guys. Um, but, yeah, I think with that being said, uh, I think uh, we're going to 
Oh, oh, oh go sorry. Ahead. I no, just go wanted ahead. to point out one other thing. Um, like we sort of mentioned in terms of the um, the off ball stuff a little bit, like his, his lack of motor. Um, that's sure. I'm not sure like if there's a correlation between that, um, but he seemed to sort of like have a lack of motor in terms of just rebounding. Um, like he, he didn't seem to really like care a whole lot about rebounding. I'm not sure if that's something you guys picked up on as well. Um, and if it's, if that is like a, a motor thing, then that's a little bit more worrisome for me. Um, because obviously that's like now two specific areas to where uh, that sh sort of shows up and not just like one isolated uh, instance. So um, is that a concern for you guys? Or uh, do you think that um, that also is sort of just like a thing that can be written off a little bit? I think it does concern me a little bit just because he's someone who, who is going to be so dependent on motor, I feel like. You know, his I, he's someone who I thought was like an absurd motor guy, and it was really good, just going to get after it all the time. And I was a a little a little shocked to see that that he didn't play like that. Um, so so it does worry me because if he falls too short on that motor category, it's going to be really hard for him to to succeed at the highest levels because if you're not playing with a super high motor and you're not a good shooter. Uh, and you can't be a point guard that becomes that becomes an issue um, but I, I also think that there some of that was his, his fairly high offensive usage and defensive usage as well having to play mm -hmm. a lot on ball um, and also he was always surrounded by pretty big players so maybe he was just sort of deprioritized as a rebounder not told that uh, he, he really needed to get after it there so it, it does and it doesn't worry me um, it does worry me a little bit if it's a systemic issue, but it doesn't worry me um, enough to, to really back that in too deeply into my value of him. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Yeah, and that's uh, – he's it's, so, it's such like an uncharacteristic guy for me to like because um, I, he's like – I don't really care a whole lot about motor in general. Um, but like in this instance with him, I do a little bit. Um, and then like with the shooting, I, I generally prioritize shooting uh, as a like really strongly in terms of guys who can't shoot. I generally am much lower on them. Um, but yeah, Scotty, Scotty, just his frame and his skills, uh, that combination just makes me so intrigued with him to where I'm willing to sort of like put aside my, my general philosophy. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that sort of makes him uh, a, a really interesting value proposition in this draft, similar similar to Usman, uh, in that I think both could could really potentially be very elite, very game changing uh, defensive players. Um, and that's not, and so much of that relies on on motor and their their super high, uh, you know, sort of sort of give a shit level, um, which you really saw from Scotty in high school. And I just felt like I didn't see as much from him at college, but I also, you know, I don't know him. And I think this, this is one of those instances where, where being in a front office or an agency and getting to really talk to Scotty, get to know what he thinks of the game, how much he loves it, why he loves it uh, would be really useful and uh, would probably change my evaluation of him a little bit, but uh, with what we're given um, it's hard to not be enticed by, by the IQ and the, and the defensive upside. Um, anything else we got on Scotty Barnes? 
All right. So with that being said, um, we're going to jump to our last two guys who are sort of going to do it a tandem because we think they have a really interesting sort of dual skill sets. Uh, and that's Corey Kispert and Trey Murphy the third. Um, Kispert, of course, was probably the second star of the Gonzaga team that lost to Baylor in the national championship, uh, almost went undefeated. Uh, Trey Murphy uh, played for Rice for a couple of years before transferring to Virginia for this last season. Um, and they both have one skill in common, and that's that they are really elite shooters with a lot of size. So let's start with uh, Stone. Do you want to give us the Corey Kispert spiel? Uh, yeah. So, like, for the first two guys, um, and even a little bit of the third, like, as much as we may not know what their skills are and their their roles, uh, at least immediately, um, we know exactly what these two guys are going to be in the NBA. Like, it's yep. they have pretty defined roles, and we know – like Kispert for me, at least was probably the easiest guy to figure out like what he's going to do in the NBA. Uh, and that's simply just be a sharpshooter. Um, and uh, I've talked about this in the past where I just don't value those guys nearly as much as uh, maybe you guys are just, just people in general. Um, but that one skill he does the, for being a one dimensional player, he's extremely elite at it. Um, I would say he's the best shooter in this class. I know some may may disagree with that, um, but uh, just the way he shoots off motion, coming off uh, curls and pin down screens, um, his spot up shooting, uh, it's just all so elite, so uh, such a pure stroke. Um, he's old, obviously he's 22 years old. So, it, I mean, and this in his case, it doesn't really make that much of a difference to me just because, uh, we already know he's sort of like a one-dimensional player, and I don't think there's much room for him to uh, develop in the other areas of his game. Uh, so that the age, uh, well, in most cases, it's sort of a factor for me. In, in Kispert's case, it's not as much just because uh, he's already a one-dimensional player that's probably not going to, to develop in a whole lot of other areas. Um, the, the shooting is just, I mean... It is pretty uh, impressive. As much as I devalue shooting as elite shooters, uh, Kisper definitely makes me second guess myself a little bit uh, just because um, he is so elite in so many uh, aspects of shooting, uh, even down to like the little nuances of shooting, uh, knowing kind of like where to catch the ball and um, anticipating passes so that he's, prepared to catch the ball and immediately kind of go into a shooting motion. Um, so he, he understands like the little nuances. Uh, so, so the one thing he does, he does it really well and understands the little aspects that go into it, what makes him so elite in that, that area. Uh, but what are your thoughts on him, Davis? Yeah, I, I basically agree. I do think he's the best shooter in the class, uh, especially off screens, off the ball, catch and shoot. Um, but basically if, if you, if you get him the ball to shoot it, he's going to shoot it and he can, he can make it. Uh, but he, I, I didn't, he did get better, um, on his all around game. It's still not anything to, you know, hang your hat on or really watch, but he did get better, like cutting back door and, and, you know, a little, little things like that. But, um, yeah, he's just going to be a, a sharpshooter, three-point sniper, three-point specialist. 
uh, has a very high floor, obviously. Um, you're not, he, he's not going to, what you say, bust or, you know, anything like that, just because his, his, his shooting is so good. He automatically has a spot. Uh, but um, I don't, I don't like him as much as, you know, a lot of boards that I see. I, he's lottery and a lot of boards. I don't have him that high um, just because I, I like potential of other prospects a little, a little more the potential and other, other things. But um, yeah, the shoot, the shooting is, is just really, really good and, and definitely a uh, first round worthy. So. Yeah. So uh, first things first, I'm going to get my bias out of the way. Uh, Corey Kisper is from Edmonds, Washington. Um, actually, it's really close to uh, Chelan, Lake Chelan, which is where Joe Harris is from. Uh, which is kind of funny because that's sort of his NBA comparison. Um, but, uh, yeah, we can talk about the shooting to death. Uh, it's it's gorgeous. His form is gorgeous. Um, I don't think he's quite athletic enough to be like a Duncan Robinson-type movement shooter. Um, I think that takes a certain sort of underrated athleticism that Kispert doesn't have. Uh, but I do think that Kispert does have some other skills that do – make him more of a well-rounded prospect than someone like uh maybe like a Sam Hauser or someone like that who you can who you can get a lot later or Joe Wieskamp maybe um and that's the he's he's a pretty solid uh defensive prospect in my opinion um and you know we were talking about he's he's nowhere near the level of like Scotty Barnes or Jalen Johnson uh especially on ball he he is probably going to be kind of a bad on-ball defender, uh, but I really do buy him in help situations. Uh, he's he's really good at getting vertical at the rim, uh, play, plays well at the nail, makes good reads. Um, I think it's something that gets sometimes overrated and sometimes underrated depending on who you're talking to, um, but I think it, it provides sort of a, a cushion with his three-point skill that that, that is what grants him the floor not just the just the shooting and the shooting alone. Uh, it's sort of the combination of he shoots and he's playable on defense. He's not going to get abused every time down the floor and provide zero value. Um, he, he, he could sort of give himself a little bit of a cushion there. Um, but that takes us to uh, another guy who, who will compare to Kispert. Uh, really interesting, similar player, similar shooter. Uh, if you look at their shooting stats, it's really similar. Uh, they even have the same true shooting percentage. Um, and that's Trey Murphy, the third, uh, six, nine. So a little bit taller, uh, I would say way more athletic, um, but skinnier, less developed, uh, stone. What do you think of Trey Murphy, the third? Um, yeah. So probably what separates them the most for me is the defense. I think, uh, I know you touched on Kisper, um, and to get back to that a little bit, I think, He's an impactful enough defender on guys that he can, that he's, I don't know how to word this entirely, but like he's a good enough defender on certain threes and maybe even small ball fours. Um, but I think he's very limited vers versatility wise to where I wouldn't want him switching at all. Like if, if he's supposed to be like on a three, like on a Duncan Robinson or something, I want him staying on him like all game. I don't want any sort of switching going on with Kispert to where uh, I think with with um, Trey Murphy, 
it's a little bit more leeway for me. I think he's a strong enough defender to where he can guard uh, even some ones, uh, probably not burstier guys, but um, maybe more like cerebral type type ones uh, down to threes and small ball fours. Um, in some instances, uh, he is super skinny, but um, just the length alone, I think, helps him a lot in that area to to be able to sort of make up for um, what he gives up in strength. Um, I think uh, to I do have a little bit of thoughts on, on uh, Trey Murphy, but to get back a little bit before we totally move on um, to Kispert, I think uh, the two other offensive skills that he has that sort of um, help cushion him, uh, as, as you said, uh, are that he, um, uh, although neither of these guys, in my opinion, have like any sort of self-creation, I think uh, with Kispert, he's able to take advantage of um, when defenses shift, he's a pretty good straight line driver to the rim. Um, he's not he's not going to create those advantages on his own. Uh, but when guys are able to sort of uh, other initiators can manipulate defenses and get defenses to shift a bit uh, and get Kispert the ball, I think he's able to sort of take advantage of straight line drive lanes to the rim um, and, and finish strongly there. Uh, he developed into a better finisher throughout the season. Um, and then I think the other thing with him, um, offensively is the cutting, like, like Davis said, I think he's a underrated cutter, um, in terms of, uh, being able to position himself to get open, uh, off ball for spot up sh uh, shooting because, uh, he's not going to be able to get himself his own shots. Uh, but he's, like we said, he's, he's such a one skilled guy that he's mastered sort of everything that goes into that one skill. Uh, and being able to uh, position himself to get open and, and better looks off ball and coming off screens and things like that uh, is, is part of that. Um, and then to get back to Trey Murphy, like I said, I think the biggest differential is the defense uh, for me personally. Um, and neither of these guys, like I said, apart from Kisper straight line driving off advantages that other teammates make for him uh, are creating their own shot in my opinion. Um, and like for Kispert, 90% of his threes came assisted and for Trey Murphy, that, that number is even more astonishing at 94% of his threes coming, uh, coming off assisted. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I think it really just kind of showcases that nearly, neither of these guys have much upside, uh, as creators for themselves moving on. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, uh, like Murphy a lot, just defensively, versatility. Um, I think he was the only D1 player. Um, it could be wrong, but that the average 50, 40, 90 from the field. Um, there might have been one other player, but I think he – I'm pretty sure he was the only one. Um, so he's really efficient from, you know, everywhere on the floor. Um, but, yeah, he's not a guy that's going to create his own shot or, um, you know, ISO or – anything like that. Uh, but I do see him as a, a three and D guy and definitely a spot in the league for him. Um, I have Murphy like late first, early second. Um, but I can see why someone would be higher or even lower. Um, but he has a really, really good spot up shooter. Like, like Kispert. Um, I think Kispert's probably more of, um, of like variety 
of type shooter. I don't know. He, he, he shoot, he shoots a little bit more ways. He can come off the dribble. And whereas I think Murphy's kind of just like a catch and shoot, um, guy, even though he did show flashes of, of a, a little, um, pull up or off the dribble. Uh, but, um, I, I, I do like Murphy a lot. I have Kispert a little higher than him though. Um, just due to the, the shooting of, of Kispert, um, even though Murphy's an excellent shooter as well. Yeah. Uh, so I would say for me, the big separator is just Murphy is, is like a really, really good athlete. Um, and, and it really shows up in transition. Uh, I actually think maybe not create for himself, like with any sort of flashy handle, but I think he'll be able to do what Kispert does even better, uh, which like attacking a hard closeout straight line to the rim. Um, he's he's just a little bit more raw than Kispert in every single way. Uh, he even mentioned like while at Rice, he never had to play defense. So UVA was a bit of a culture shock for him. Um, but Murphy is just a – just these two are both just uh, really, really good shooters, uh, really excellent movers off the ball, uh, good cutters. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's interesting to try and value uh, what they bring. Um, they're both a little older, uh, but they both, I think, have a clear role. And, uh, I, yeah, I think Kispert is someone who – sort of moved up my board in this recent watch of him because I think I was just sort of overthinking him. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to take him in the lottery still. I'm still staunch on that. There's too many guys in this draft with too much upside. Um, but still, what he brings is really valuable as an elite shooter, as a spot-up guy, someone who can survive out there defensively. And he's six seven and big. Um, so, so I really, you know, I, I think it's important with guys like this to not really overthink them they're athletic enough to make it uh with their excellent shooting and uh specifically kispert to it is a really good connector makes smart decisions with the ball so so that's that's sort of how i see it with these two very similar prospects uh with sort of that one big differentiator yeah and i think uh one smaller differentiator um in part i think probably due to Murphy's athleticism is Murphy's probably a better cutter. Uh, he's able to get a lot of those V cuts from the perimeter um, and, and sort of get himself open. Uh, whereas I think Kisper is a little bit more dependent on screens, off ball screens to help get himself open as a cutter. Um, and I think Murphy can do it a little bit better uh, on his own. Um, so that's probably another like minor uh, um, differentiator for me in terms of their, their value. Um, so yeah, that, that's my last note on that. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything else on these guys? Uh, Nothing. I think we're good. Um, All right. I think we're good. You have to get going. Uh, do you? Do we want to do the tail of the tape, guys? Or are you cutting it too close? Uh, I I actually probably should get going. <laughs>